Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Lori Boyer. In today's Agribusiness Edition, I visit with Martha Baker, who works for the Alltech Dairy Business Division as the Agolin Product Lead. And before we start talking about Agolin here today, Martha, let's learn a little bit more about you. Please share some information on yourself and your background to get us started. Yes, so thank you. I am, by education and training, I am a dairy cattle nutritionist. And I have worked in the feed industry and as a consultant working with producers for the last 20 plus years and have kind of transitioned into working in this, I'm going to say carbon space, but the intention wasn't necessarily to work in the carbon space. It really was born out of the fact that Alltech has a very innovative product that happens to create an additional revenue stream. And and we really needed to figure out how to navigate that in a way that we felt was transparent and could build confidence in both from the producer side, because we didn't want to appear to have too much involvement. And then also from a market side, because again, we didn't want to appear to have too much involvement you know, our places on the farm. So, but I come at it from very much a nutrition standpoint and an animal productivity standpoint, and then have the pleasure of being able to tie it all back together to how it impacts our planet and affects profitability on farms. Martha, what really caught my attention and one of the reasons I wanted to visit with you here today is the fact that I got information regarding a product called Algalin from Alltech. Is that the product you're referring to? Yes, it is. Agolin ruminant is the name of it. There is an organic version, so organic dairies can participate, and that would be Agolin Naturu. And honestly, it's probably just the beginning for us on this journey because, you know, whenever you know more, you do more. And we're continuing to travel down that path to know as much as we can about this. What made Alltech continue to work into the carbon space then, since you mentioned that the company did not want to be in the carbon space? Uh, so so I'm going to say that we're not in the carbon space. What we are in is in the space of educating producers and the market. We are facilitating, connecting our users at the farm with opportunities to monetize the carbon credits that are being created as a result of the use of the product. So we're really acting as a middle person and spending a whole lot of time on the education side. So whenever I think of someone who's really in the carbon market, what I'm thinking of, and I think what many people think of, is someone who's actually monetizing the carbon credits, someone who is trading carbon on the exchange in the carbon markets. So by default, we are because it fits our vision. So the vision for Alltech is working together to create a planet of plenty. And that means it's just not sustainability. It's also profitability. It's it's food security. It goes beyond that. It goes to nutrition security. And it's doing all these things but not at the expense of the producer, because oftentimes the farms are asked to do things that does not improve their profitability and 
only has a benefit from an environmental or ecological standpoint. And we believe we can do both. So this is really this juncture where we can do both of those things, which makes us, I mean, it's really exciting for us. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. So going, going back to the product, um, Agolin Ruminant, it's just for dairy, right? Yeah. Well, so currently where it's being, uh, no, no, let me back up. It is not just for dairy. Um, from a productivity standpoint, and, and I guess we'll start with Agolin was originally researched and developed because, uh, you know, Agolin SA, the original company, was based out of uh, Switzerland. And in, in Europe and in many other countries, ionophores are not permitted to be fed because they are an antibiotic. And antibiotics can't be fed uh, prophylactically. So, so what was happening is they were looking at alternatives, natural alternatives, to replace ionophores. And some of the things that ionophores do is improve feed efficiency and and productivity, whether it be gain, you know, average daily gain in a beef animal or, um, you know, milk production in a dairy animal. So there's a a nice body of data around the, the production benefits on the beef side. And then on the dairy side, there's the data that support the the production side, which, you know, with a over 99% repeatability, the data would say that we get a one to two kilo milk response in flow, a one to one to two kilo uh, response in fat protein corrected milk, and a four and a half percent improvement in feed efficiency. So in and of itself, it is a production enhancement tool. As the research continued, they continued to learn more about the product and how it works and found that it also reduced methane. And, you know, based on the studies, it ranged up to 16 and a half percent, but the meta-analysis, so there was a meta-analysis done and the meta-analysis actually shows right at 10% for methane reduction. So all of a sudden we have a production enhancement tool that also does something to really positively influence our environment. You mentioned that it's organic. So is there an organic version and a non-organic version or did I misunderstand? Correct. Okay. No, correct. Yep. There is an OMRI approved version for organic dairies. In order to participate then in, as you mentioned, you're kind of the middle, middle company in all this discussion around carbon credits. Does the Agolin product have to be approved? Is there any regulation or how does that work as far as farmers being able to use it in their carbon credit strategy? Sure. So, so really all that has to happen is they have to feed it, whether it's a conventional dairy or an organic dairy. And then they, you know, we are working kind of in conjunction with Concord Agriculture Partners. They own and manage the carbon project. They have designed it in a way, and this was something that really matched with our philosophy and how we wanted to approach farms is to deliver as much value back to the farm gate as possible. So Concord created a project in the U.S. Um, there's also one in Canada. And the fundamental premise is that anyone in the U.S. can participate. They're working with the end buyers of the carbon credits. We ubiquitously use the term carbon credit, and it could really mean a lot of things. 
These are truly being marketed as insets. So it's within the value chain of the dairy industry. So the end buyers of the credits are actually using the components of milk that these dairies are producing. It can be used anywhere in the United States or is it demographic specific? So this was the thing about Concord is because of their connections and their ability to market them to the end users, anyone in the U.S. that uses Agilent has an opportunity to participate. In 23, there were three other projects ongoing that were utilizing Agilent as the means to create a reduction. One was through neutral milk, one was through Rabobank, and one was through Berry Calbain. And there were nuances that limited who could participate, whether it be by the number of animals or the milk shed or litany of, of criteria that they had to fit. This one, anyone who is in the U.S. who uses Agilent is truly able to participate. And with that, Concord is guaranteeing that 85% of the gross value of the carbon asset comes back to the farm gate. So only 15% is retained within the project to support the project and to pay the brokers and Concord. In comparison, others are keeping, you know, upwards of 30%. So it's really about driving, again, the greatest amount of value back to the farm gate. And, you know, the farm is the one that's implementing the technology. The farm is the one that is doing the actual work. So let's make sure that the farm gets the greatest value out of it. Martha, I think that goes back to, Martha, that goes back to another question I wanted to have you elaborate on, and that is value chain. What exactly do you mean when you say value chain? You know, I'm glad you asked that because I think a lot of people get a little confused about what that actually means. And Whenever you think about carbon, there's really, you know, an offset market and an inset market. Offset market is when somebody that has nothing to do with the dairy industry, could be Shell Oil, it could be Delta, it could be Microsoft, um, it could be any other type of tech company, it doesn't matter, but they do not use any component of milk or the, you know, the byproducts of milk in any way to run their organizations. That would be an offset and it's not part of the value chain. Within the value chain would be, for instance, if somebody uses, you know, milk to create ice cream, if a company, you know, if, for instance, Kraft has macaroni and cheese and there's that dry cheese component, they're using components of milk in their processing of their products. Chocolate companies, Nestle uh, would be a chocolate company. They use the byproducts of milk within their manufacturing. They are within our value chain. So anybody that, you know, if you think of consumables, truly, because milk is a consumable, it's really the consumable brands. McDonald's sells ice cream. Pizza Hut uses cheese. Anyone who uses a whey component, those would all be within our value chain. What about future products, Martha? Does Alltech have plans of bringing other products to market that would be in the carbon space? Of course. <laughs> Are you allowed to talk about those? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think the best way that I could answer that in all transparency is the more we know, the more we do. 
So we've been looking into this for years. And whenever the owner of the company, Dr. Mark Lyons, identified Agilin SA, which is the original company, and was able to you know, identify that A, it had a productive benefit to the farm. So you use it and you make money using it. And then B, it also fit the Planet of Plenty vision. Then it was a natural fit. And, you know, he said, hey, we want this as part of our portfolio. This is really good. We are always ongoing with additional research. We're looking at, is there a a next generation? Is it a completely different product? It's something that's going to be ongoing. Right now, though, we're really focused on let's get as many people exposed to Aglin so that they know what is the opportunity, how does it benefit them, and how does it play into their environmental goals? You know, their environmental stewardship goals or or just quite frankly, how does it help them be more profitable? And I'm going to say higher value, and I don't mean that it changes the milk in any way. That's not what I mean. What I do mean is a lot of the ESG goals by large companies is driven by consumers, okay? So if the consumer wants it, ultimately, this is what's driving a lot of these changes and why large companies have made these ESG goals. Not that they don't believe in environmental stewardship. That's not it. But there's a lot of pressure from from the consumers saying, we want something that's more sustainable. So in the end, it also helps, you know, you're providing a product that the consumer also wants. What other questions do producers ask about the product? Oh, so they ask a lot about repeatability of results, you know, which is great. We have a very nice portfolio of data, peer-reviewed, plus we have in the field demonstrations, side-by-side demonstrations that basically just validates what what the research in controlled settings shows. Those are some of the big ones. The other thing is, you know, how difficult is it to manage and are there any potential negatives? I was at a dairy conference. I was talking about this a whole lot. And as we talk about how do you participate in the carbon project and how do you use it, their comment was, this just seems too easy. What's the drawback? And my response is, it should be easy. (laughs) There really aren't any drawbacks. They don't ask for a tremendous amount of data. It's non-intrusive. You simply incorporate it into your feeding program. It's that simple. So other than how do you actually make this come together? Those are the big questions. Martha, how are carbon credits actually verified or how is it determined that greenhouse gases are in fact being reduced? You know, that's actually a good question. And it's something that we're talking about a whole lot because the way that this happens is Concord is working with multiple third parties that are using global standards and following carbon compliance and integrity and verification methods. So the methodology that they're using is called VM41. And VM41 was developed by really a global body, and it's regularly updated to include people from the U.S. So some of the perceptions is this is all European-driven. It is not. There are U.S. researchers and prominent industry participants that really are part of that. They're using ISO-certified verifiers. So that's their full-time job. And they may not actually understand dairy 
what they understand is the protocol and the methodology and they're ensuring, which gives them really the third party experience, if you will. So there's no, oh, I understand this. So it's okay. It's really, this is what we need to follow. Did you follow it? And that really drives trust within the value chain because Concord Ag is not the verifier. Alltech is not the verifier. It is a completely third party that is doing that, that is certified and governed by somebody else. So there's a lot of stopgap checks, if you will, between the entities that are involved. Is there a cost for producers to become involved in a program? No. So there are some programs that charge the producer to manage their data. Concord is not doing that. There's no charge to it. I can't say it strongly enough. This is a very much a farmer-focused project. And this is one of the reasons as our producers are using Agilent and they want to know how can they monetize it. We will absolutely make sure they're aware of what Concord is doing and, and help them participate. So we are involved in helping people participate and sign up. So I don't want to portray that we're not involved in any way. There's no money to be made with what we're doing other than we provide the product, of course. But that's why we're doing it. Martha, what are the terms of the program? In other words, once enrolled, how long do you have to be a part of the program? Yeah, so the project runs annually. They can choose to re-enroll annually. However, if they decide they don't want to participate, they can exit the project with 90 days notice at any point in time. So it's not meant to be restrictive. It's actually designed in a way that if there's a better offer, they can go get it, which I like because it also drives Concord to continue to work in the best interest of the farms. That way they're delivering the greatest value. Martha, as we look at this program as a whole, would you say the overreaching goal of the program is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions? That's one of them. Okay. So I think we'd be remiss if we don't point out a couple others. And one is that we want to drive as much value back to the farms. We really believe that agriculture has the greatest potential to improve our planet. And whenever we're thinking about environmental stewardship, things like that, agriculture has the greatest potential to do that. And we need to make sure that those who are actually implementing can benefit to the greatest extent that they can. And then the overarching, overarching is that we're also having a positive impact on our environment. So, yes, you are correct. I just want to expand that just a little bit because I think it is really important. A lot of times farms feel like they are forced to do things that don't necessarily benefit their business. And this is a way that they can do something really positive that also benefits their business. Martha, how do farmers get paid and who is paying them? This is actually a very big question is how do I get paid and when do I get paid? Okay, so I'm going to back up on the when. Let's talk about the when first for a verified emission reduction to occur. The intervention has to be fed. Number one, it has to be fed. And then secondly, it has to be verified and validated that all of this occurred, which means by default, it is paid in the rears. Okay. And Concord had looked at the different timeframes that they might, you know, go through the verification and validation process. And each time you do that, there's uh, quite a bit of cost associated with that. 
So they actually reached out to some producers and said, okay, this is the barrier to entry, if you will, the cost of Aglin on average. And based on the average cost of Aglin, and it's going to range really between four and five cents per head per day. So based on that, they said, would you prefer to be paid more frequently or would you prefer to retain the greatest value in your carbon credit and get paid less frequently? And they said, based on how much it costs to feed it, that they would prefer to be paid one time a year so that they got the greatest value for the carbon credit that they were generating. So they feed it at the end of the year and the project happens to be on a calendar year. Then they go through the verification and validation process. And it is after that occurs that a carbon asset can be created. And then after that, there are a certain number that will be audited. Now, the audit process is very, very simple. It's not like a environmental audit. The only things that they audit are the handful of data points that they are required to provide that are all part of the calculations for an enteric project. And somewhere between 5 and 20% of the participating farms will be audited. So after that process happens, then they can be paid. And truly, it's going to happen somewhere around early Q2 because all of that process takes a certain amount of time. And then to answer who pays it, the entity that is serving as a facilitator is the one that will be sent the money from the commodity broker. And then the facilitator distributes the money back out to the farms. And the facilitator could be all tech. So anyone who's helping to obtain the data, it could also be Feedworks USA is acting as a facilitator. There could be milk processors serving as facilitators. And there could even be consulting groups or fee companies that are serving as facilitators. But it's really a service to the farms because there's no payment for the facilitator. But it does fit most of those entities' business plans or go-to-market, how they want to interact with their, their farms. How is the actual process actually done for measuring of carbon credits? I'm glad you asked that. And I was remiss when you said what people ask because they do ask that occasionally. How do you measure this? Because what doesn't happen is no one comes to your farm to measure methane. The way that it is measured, first and foremost, I'll say is by research and sound science. I don't say that flippantly. I will explain. So while Concord owns and manages the project, as I said before, they're using methodologies that look at the data. So there are you know, more than eight published methane trials on Agalin. And based on the trials and the meta-analysis that has been done, the methodology that they use for calculating it determines what the emission reduction is. And in following the VM41 protocol, or methodology rather, what they are able to use is an 8.6% reduction. So it's really done by science. We rely on sound science, we implement, and then the farm actually gets credit and paid for using those applications. Martha, what else would you like to mention here today or talk about that I haven't asked about or we haven't covered yet? The last thing that I think is unique about Agalin that I'd like to share is it's an all-natural product. It's a blend of essential oils. 
And, you know, so whenever you look at what you're doing and why, you're not using an antibiotic, you're not using something synthetic. The ability for us to scale is kind of limitless, if you will. And the inclusion rate to your diet is very small. So you feed one gram of it. And it's amazing to think one gram can be so impactful, but it truly is. And that's something that's very unique. And as we look at methane mitigants, the fact that it shows something positive to the farm is also very, very unique. So if you're interested in doing something positive from an environmental standpoint, but you also want it to pay for itself before the carbon credit, Higagalin sits in a very unique spot. Is it a liquid then? It does come in a liquid form, but it is widely used as a dry product. And it would simply be incorporated into a mineral mix or a protein mix or even a premix. It's not something that you would ever want to necessarily add on farm unless you're using micro machines because the inclusion rate is one gram, very small. Martha, thank you for all the great information here today. This has been a great show. Once again, my guest, Agilin Product Lead in the Alltech Dairy Business Division, Martha Baker. For more information on Agilin, go to alltech.com. And thank you everyone for listening to the show here today. For Successful Farming, I'm Lori Boyer.